Can I get alternative asset classes for 500? This asset class has grown from $250 billion in 2010 to around $1.5 trillion today. I'm going to go with what is private equity? Wrong. Correct answer is private credit. What private credit is, just in its simplest form, is private loans to privately owned companies, privately owned real estate, and privately owned infrastructure. Private credit is growing not just because rates are higher and therefore investors want more of it. What's interesting about private credit is the money is not funded with bank deposits and leverage from the interbank market. It instead comes from pension funds, endowments and foundations, insurance companies, retail investors, sovereign wealth investors. Um, so it is loans from a source other than deposits, usually to privately held businesses. The rush into private credit is not without risk. In fact, UBS's chairman called private credit an asset bubble that could set off the next financial crisis. So what is private credit? Why is it taking away business from banks? And what's next for this alternative asset class? I think the best way to explain what private credit is is to first start with what it isn't. What it isn't is a company going to a local bank and asking for a loan, a deposit-taking bank. It is not a corporation looking to raise additional capital going out to the market to borrow from a group of investors that's called syndicated lending and it's typically done by traditional big banks. What private credit is, is it's basically a one-to-one -one relationship where a company, maybe they're not able to get a loan from a more traditional financing institution and therefore they go to one private credit fund and they say, I need a certain amount of money and that fund figures out what terms they want to lend at, and boom, they get the money. But who's able to cash in on these private credit funds? Similar to the private equity markets, institutional investors are generally the only ones able to put money into private credit. You won't find Aries private credit fund on Robinhood just yet. These are very illiquid investments, meaning you won't have access to invested money if a rainy day emerges. But the returns are growing as interest rates have risen. This isn't something that's a new phenomenon by any means. But how exactly did the private credit market grow to what it is now? We had a banking crisis in this country. The Fed, not Treasury, the Fed drove interest rates to zero resulted in banks, insurance companies, endowments and foundations, now the list goes on, all competing for the same small number of assets that had any yield. So this created an environment, this created conditions where alternative investments could flourish because of the additional yield that could be delivered. It's become just this very popular place for investors to put their money as well as borrowers to seek out that money. Now, it should also be said that it's become much more lucrative in a higher interest rate environment because this interest is floating rate. Floating rate means it's adjusted as interest rates are adjusted. And so it kind of changes over time. What that means is there's the potential for a borrower to be more stretched. If they're used to paying a certain level of interest, then interest rates go up, they will be paying more. The majority of these terms deal with one-to-one -one relationships called direct lending. Direct lending is the most popular, but one of many types of private money transfers available to businesses within the private credit bucket. We could break off the others into their own video, but briefly, they include mezzanine debt, distressed debt, and special situations. JP Morgan's private bank arm projects direct lending's performance against peers will likely continue, but just how well is this industry performing? 
Cliff Waters Direct Lending Index Senior Only Notes, from 2012 to 2022, there was an average 9.34% annual return on investment. And 2023's returns looks poised to surpass the 10-year average. Retrenchment is a term in the financial world that describes when businesses significantly scale back or outright cut their activities in a certain venture. After the 2008 financial crisis, the biggest of the big banks began to pull back on lending to companies and individuals, even with interest rates hitting rock bottom and staying there for years. Those individuals and companies began to look elsewhere for loans. So this is a phenomenon that started in earnest after the financial crisis. They retrenched from some of the riskier areas of lending. As a result of that, private credit therefore kind of grew grew up against the shadow of the big banks that maybe weren't making as many loans as they had previously. It's counterintuitive, but all the incremental disclosure requirements and cost of capital issues that we burdened our banks with in terms of the amount of equity they have to retain has essentially driven banks to focus on two things, rated assets and anything with a perception of liquidity. Congress passed a series of regulations after the 2008 financial crisis, namely Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Protection Act and the big bank bailouts that created the Troubled Asset Relief Program, known commonly as TARP. Because of some of the regulations that are out there, Dodd-Frank namely, it's caused traditional banks to really take a step back and not lend as much as they may have otherwise done, and private credit has kind of stepped in to fill that void. But the reality is when you look at the track record of private credit, it is actually risk averse. Private credit has not focused on job creation. Private credit has not sought to lend in markets where there was even a hint of speculative outcomes. Private credit used to be about doing that work and today has turned into really a sponsor finance industry where we lend to private equity controlled businesses in bigger and bigger companies. The companies with higher earnings and better balance sheets are typically the ones more likely to secure funding in the private credit markets compared to smaller and more riskier to lend to businesses. A lot of the upstarts are kind of having more trouble raising capital because so much is being funneled to the larger, more established funds. A lot of them are actually publicly traded. Just how much is so much? Blue Owl and Oak Hill, two prominent players in the private credit game, recently signed off to lend $4.8 billion to Vistra to refinance Finastra's debt. Even Oak Tree is now looking to raise money for an $18 billion private credit fund. From the lender's perspective, they're looking to fund deals they're confident they can get returns in. So as Blackstone puts it, sector and scale of the companies in question matter. Being with a top tier firm and a top tier manager in terms of returns and risk is, is crucial because the delta from a top ranked private equity manager to even a middle ranked manager can be 10%. So we're really lucky at Newberger Berman when 90 plus percent of our funds are in top decile or top quartile rankings that we have access to such high quality funds for our clients. Some take issue with the private credit market's stubborn focus on the best companies. But it turns out they're taking less and less risk to small business. The risks in the private credit market are essentially if 
the floating rate interest causes further degradation of the quality and the health, the financial health of the borrower. If it makes it so that they become unable to not only pay back that interest and pay back their principal, but also just unable to function because they're overwhelmed by those interest payments and overwhelmed by the debt. PIMCO flagged several risks in the space, most notably its underregulated and transparency lacking nature. Their chief concern? When will regulators start looking? Credit rating agency Moody's only recently created a team dedicated to research and rating of the private credit funds. This is an opportunity for the private lenders to step in as the bank's going to be faced with higher capital and liquidity rules. And broadly speaking, we are uh, raising the question, is there appropriate governance of risk in these private markets? And I think we can play a role in providing them transparency for investors. Several fear that the higher for longer interest rate environment will cause default worries for companies who've received private credit and may not be in the best economic standing. That is something that people are looking out for because of all the capital coming in that private credit is extending capital to borrowers who may not necessarily deserve it or maybe a little too risky. Some even go as far as to call the private credit market a bubble. Whether or not it is a bubble remains to be seen. I think there are some concerns just about whether or not the amount and popularity of this asset class is creating a dynamic where there's too much capital chasing too few opportunities. Therefore, things can be done at a little bit sloppier terms. That can also risk the potential for greater defaults in the future. Now the question is, what happens if there is a recession? What happens if interest rates go down? How does that impact the asset class? We haven't really seen that kind of a cycle. It's existed in a lower interest rate environment. It's existed in a rising interest rate environment, but we haven't seen how it performs in a very severe recessionary environment, as well as one in which interest rates are on the decline. I think the Fed has created an environment where liquidity and base rates create insatiable demand for yieldy assets with low volatility. And so in that paradigm, I think private credit is going to be an interesting asset class for many, many years. And I think the next wave of what's interesting is going to be distressed commercial real estate lending and some rescue financing. And then last, which is probably what we're most excited about right now, is what we generally call alternative credit, mm -hmm. which is all things asset-based, asset-backed, and structured. And the reason that we're excited about that is that's really going to be the biggest beneficiary of the capital constraint in the banking system. Right.